I had the jewel, I got some goals. I sold a little weed, but I could never sell my soul. And when I'm in LA, you find me out in Lil Toe. Come up, vocal with my ramen, I'ma need another blow. Let's go. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special episode of the Mac Movie Reviews Podcast. I'm your host, Mac. I'm joined here as usual with my co-host Christian, aka Miss Flamingo. Say hi to the folks at home, Christian. Hey everybody, we got a special episode for you guys today. A little different. Something yes, that we, we don't normally do. Yes, we do. We are joined here by an up-and-coming filmmaker. His he has a new film, a new short film. It's called Hit. Well, no, no, a feature film. We should make a it a feature. feature. <laughs> a feature film, I'm sorry. On YouTube, I believe. No, it Am- is on Amazon Prime right now and potentially on YouTube soon. Uh, we're gonna we're trying to get on more streaming platforms. Okay, it's on Amazon Prime right now. It's called Hit Record, and it is gonna be on YouTube soon. Give it up, everybody, for Ethan Spatanic. Woo, Ethan! Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Well, welcome to the show, man. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. So, um, tell the audience about yourself, uh, who you are, and uh, what is it that you do. All right. Okay. So I uh, I currently live in Los Angeles um, because I am trying to become a writer and director. Uh, I just finished, you know, a couple months ago, I just finished my first feature film, uh, Hit Record. And it has been, it was a couple years in the making, like three years in the making, I'll say, because Oh, wow. Post-production takes a takes a little bit of time, but it was something that I started a couple years ago with um, some of my best friends and my sister, and um, and it was just a really interesting, like exciting, fulfilling process. And I really hope to keep going. Um, we we shot the movie in Oklahoma, and that was important to me because I grew up in Oklahoma. I lived there and didn't move out to California until I was 18. And uh, so that's, that's, I would say, home, you know, at least as much as California is now. Okay. So did you study film? So let's talk about you first before we get into the film. Did you study film? Was this your first ever, like, screenplay that you wrote? Because the film is a mockumentary. I'm going to point that out, hit record. So was this something that you wrote over time? So. Um, No, I, I didn't study film. I took a couple writing classes. Uh, when I was in, I took like intro and then like intermediate screenwriting um, when I was in community college, actually. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I really like this. Like, I, I want to like keep going with this. So I wrote like three or four screenplays and then and none of them were ones that I could like actually make on my own. And and my sister, you know, she's an actress. And I was like, what if we did something that we could do together, you know, and sort of just make super low budget on, on our own? in basically like Oklahoma, our backyard, you know? And yeah. that was sort of the the genesis of it all. I, um, I, and then when it came to actually writing this project, we started writing it in, uh, in January, or like in January of like uh, the year that we started making it. And then we were filming by July. So oh, it, wow. was, it, was, it was just a first draft and we knew that we were gonna improv parts of it. So we just kind of wrote out like, this is what happens in this scene. And then we would just kind of play with it on the day. So, okay. Yeah. So for our audience, um, the film is essentially basically about a young girl who's looking to become a pop star and is on the essentially on the rise starting her career. It's mm-hmm. not always ex- successful, I should say. But uh, where did that idea come from? I would say it came from... I don't know if you've ever do this. I think we all have this fantasy deep down that we like secretly all want to be rock stars, you know, and just like perform on like stage and just be like, you know, uh, killing it up there. And I think it came from this moment. It was such a humbling moment. I remember actually when I was like 12 years old after seeing High School Musical, I was like, I had never tried singing. I watched that movie and I was so like moved by, you know, seeing people who were not performers learn suddenly and learn how to perform and I was like oh my god like what if I'm secretly an incredibly like amazing singer etc cetera, etc cetera. <laughs> so I went into my sister's room and she had this voice or actually 
she had one of my parents' old voice recorders um, that okay. they used uh, because my dad, he like dictates for stuff um, when he's writing. And so I, I got one of those and I recorded myself singing one of the songs from the <laughs> from the soundtrack. And I remember playing it back and hearing myself and being like, oh my God, like it's so bad. And it's, it's, <laughs> it's worse than I could have ever imagined. And like, how is this possible? Like the, the recorder is broken. And then I went back and listened to my dad's voice and it sounded the same. And I think I was just like so crushed in them. I was so, I was like on a high and then I was so crushed so quickly after. And I always had thought about that. I was like, what a humbling moment, you know? But I, I and I took that and I was like, okay, well, what if, that was someone's experience and then they decided they decided well i'm gonna go for it anyways you know i don't i'm not gonna let my like not perfect voice keep me from being a singer you know yeah going back to like the time especially like you know imagining yourself like we all wanted to be rock stars at some point i remember when i was little and when you said high school musical i was like yes because i was one of those kids that took the hairbrush and was singing breaking free so oh like God. my lungs could collapse Same. like and <laughs> like i was one of those kids even with hannah montana and stuff like that i was one of those wannabe pop stars when i was a kid like playing that stuff with my friends even so how did uh all that come into like wanting your sister to be involved and making her the star of the film well we've done we have probably made you know i've been like making little movies at home you know just with like my family's video camera um since i was like 13 and she would always be the star of them you know and the girl who plays dawn her name's alex and she was our next door neighbor and she would um be in them also and so we had probably, the three of us had probably done like 20 short films together. And so we just knew each other really well. And um, and there was no question. It was sort of like, I could just be like, okay, remember that one time when we were like met this person and then, you know, like we could just, we had, we have the same references. So it was really easy to, um, to just hash things out really quickly in the moment, you know? And, but, but Shug actually, she's, uh, she's always acted, sang, danced, all of it. She's like a triple threat. And she's actually a really great singer. Um, <laughs> but I was like, for this, you're gonna have to, that was one of the things we had to do is we had to kind of practice bad singing to make it, or not bad singing, just not as good singing to make it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, there was a, um, a lot of inspirations from different other films from what I from what we watched from the film. Were you inspired by like filmmakers like Ron, Ron, uh, Rob Reiner, who wrote This is Spinal Tap and maybe a little bit of the Lonely Island guys who did pop the pop star film? Were you inspired by those? I would say my inspirations were I've seen both of those movies and enjoyed both of them. But the ones that I had thought of the most were, was probably uh, Waiting for Guffman and Drop Dead Gorgeous. Uh, there oh, are two okay. mockumentaries from the 90s, a little bit lesser known, but um, I I loved both of those. And so did uh, Shug and Alex. And so that was, you know, it was it was something we, we would always watch them together. And we kind of thought we were like, okay, well, th they look really low budget. You know, they're not like all glitz and glam. So maybe we could kind of do something like that. And um and I actually like filming it and like what my reference was. I kind of thought actually in some weird way, I don't know if this will click or not, but the movie that I thought the most of when I was actually like filming it, because I'm I'm filming it and talking behind the camera, you know, the whole mm -hmm. time. And obviously, you know, it's my voice. Um, and uh, and I was thinking of like the Blair Witch Project. Um, oh, because, okay. Because I was thinking about how that movie, like the person holding the camera who's not actually on the screen is kind of directing the audience and um, and sort of giving and is a character, even if they're not really on screen for very much of it. And I and I really enjoyed that movie. And I thought what they did was interesting. And I thought, oh, well, like maybe, you know, maybe our movie could kind of do the same in a, in a different way. But yeah, so those I would say those if you haven't seen Drop Dead Gorgeous or Waiting for Guffman, definitely check those out. I heard of Waiting for Guffman, but I'm not familiar with the other titles. So yeah, I'm going to have to add either. those to my watch list. Mac, what do you got uh, for any questions? 
Uh, first of all, I gotta say that uh, shout out to the Blair Witch. That's like that's kind of a cool inspiration with this type of film. Like, it's kind of cool. Um, uh, Blair Witch. Um, but I gotta ask you uh, this. It's just um, when what was some of the challenges filming uh, this film? Because when we had um, Oak on the early episode, his short film was like 30 minutes. You made a feature length like hour and like 16 minute film. So like what were some of the challenges that you faced uh, during like shooting? Oh yeah, there, there you know, there's always challenges. Um, I would say the biggest one is just pure stamina, like being able to go, you know, we filmed in 20, you know, tw- we had 22 days of filming and we only had two days off um, in oh, there. Wow. So it was really just like working every single day. And, you know, every day that you're not working, you're still preparing, you know. And I think just the exhaustion. I'd never done anything that was long. I'd done a couple of short films that took two days to film. And mm-hmm. those, and I kind of thought, I was like, oh, well, it'll just be like that. You know, you're kind of tired, you know. And then you're just like, by, I would say by like week two. So maybe like day 10, day 11, I was just so tired. And I couldn't believe that we were only like halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's just me being like, you know, kind of just <laughs> tired. Um, and and I think everyone, everyone was feeling a, a little bit by like towards the end. I think we were all kind of just like exhausted because I think you didn't even we didn't even know like you have no idea how something's going to come together when you're making it. You know, I think that we all kind of thought, OK, this could just be some like home video, like weird experiment. And and it turned out it turned out better, I think, than we all expected. But, you know, in the moment, you know, it was kind of like, OK, you want me to do what? Like, <laughs> I that's why. And like and you're going to make me do it like five times, you know. And um, so there was, you know, um, I think, yeah, I think sometimes I, the actors actually were all so game, you know, Michael, Alex showed they were all down to do anything. That was never a difficulty. I think it was just. Um, just log- purely logistical of like trying to find a restaurant that would like let us film, you know, trying mm-hmm. to, um, you know, if an actor dropped out like the day before, like, oh my God, you're like calling everyone, you know, like, do you know a guy who's like between the age of 40 and 50 who like <laughs> any experience, you know, or, or has just like held the camera, you know, like it was a lot of um, last minute, changes and I think that's one of the things I I realized I was like if I ever make another movie again like you gotta always always have a plan b because you end up needing to do plan b like 60% of the time (laughs) yeah that's something that I totally learned in producing you know not just you know just a lot of short films so plan b is always a good way to go sometimes I've always felt but and have a plan C because sometimes plan B is a little unreliable. Um, yes. but, but yeah. And speaking of which, um, this your film the film is very hometown based. What was it like bringing your whole community together for this project? Because you filmed at a church to I I think filming at a local restaurant, and then you filmed at, like you know bigger locations like the Best Buy which yeah. was probably like my favorite scene in the film. Oh, thanks. Um yeah, I, I love that scene too. Um that was actually that day went so um smooth, unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievably like the cops never came and like, you know, came and I was kind of like, oh, thank god, you know. Um and uh but basically we I I think for me that was one of the most exciting parts was getting to bring because every single person in the movie is someone that I know um, with the exception of like two or three actors that I just met you know like the day of but pretty much everyone is like a a friend or a family member and it was really cool to be able to put them all in the same movie you know it's kind of like my life you know in a way um, because it's everyone that's important to me it's everyone that you know represents Oklahoma to me and Mm -hmm. I think that I wanted to show them because I was like, they're, they're so hilarious and kind of like wise in their own ways that maybe you wouldn't just get from a glance, you know, you kind of need to like talk to them for a second. 
And I was like, oh, I want to show like this side of them, you know, because I don't think there's a lot of movies made in Oklahoma and there's even fewer movies made about people in Oklahoma. And I was like, OK, well, let me like add my experience to like the canon of Oklahoma representation. <laughs> That's awesome. Really I haven't been to Oklahoma, so um, very, very small from what I could see, which is nice. And a lot of the you can feel the sense of community that shapes it in the film from casting. Like you mentioned, a lot of your friends and family, especially Dawn, because like you mentioned earlier, Dawn was, you know, uh, your next door neighbor. Yeah. Does she actually study vet? <laughs> no that was something we came up with we sort of just we we thought we we're like okay well her character is like so good and she's so sweet and like what would be like the most wholesome job that like someone could do um and like sort of based off of like the angle of you know she's had to watch like pets like you know struggle in the pools and so she's like i just want to help them I'm, I'm so tired of you know um seeing them like drowning in pools anyways she she actually works uh she works for a company that does um she went to college and graduated from the university of oklahoma and she studied or she studied um like sort of graphic design like sort of art and technology and she's she does like she works for a company that does virtual reality now oh Uh, so she's like very techy and like super smart and like knows way more about like all this stuff than I do she like she had Adobe the Adobe collection for years before I did (laughs) (laughs) so what was it like for her to transition into like into the acting and you know also you could probably say that for Shug your sister what was it like for because this is this like her big feature debut too yeah I would say it's definitely the feature debut for both of them Alex hadn't really done a ton of I think she'd done like one or two school plays and then she we'd done all of our little short films together but this was her first big project and I think it was it was the most probably challenging because in real life she has this kind of like bigger than life personality you know she's very like um like loud you know but like in the best way and and I love her for it and I was like okay well like I need you to we got to kind of tone that down you know you got to be a little bit more like um soft-spoken and like kind of nervous and anxious and and she was like okay okay I get it I get it and um and I think she did a pretty good job at um that and I think you know she she loved the fact that she could just wear the same thing every day because the clothes (laughs) became such a whole thing in and of themselves and she was like oh my god like thank you Ethan for just letting me wear this like same t-shirt and pants and I was like okay you're welcome um (laughs) and and I would say for Suge it was I mean she had I don't I think there's you know maybe one or two scenes in the movie that she isn't in she's pretty much in every scene so she was just there super um focused and always present and probably the hardest part was you know we we filmed certain things we filmed certain interviews like there was a lot of the the first cut of the movie is an hour and 36 minutes so you know 20 minutes of stuff ends up getting cut and I think that um there's so basically there's a lot of stuff in between scenes that you know just doesn't end up making it in and um and so you have to kind of keep track of like where your character is emotionally because we couldn't film in chronological order either and I think yeah. that was the tricky thing. It was like, we're improving. We don't know what's going to make it in the final cut. And it's we're doing this all out of order. So kind of just kind of trying to keep track of like that emotional arc. I don't know how she did it, but I think she somehow did. And um, and I'm, I was really proud of her for that. I'm sure you are. So, uh, Mac, what else do you have to offer? Uh, I was going to say... Um, <laughs> how does it feel to just see that your film is on Amazon Prime? Because it's just like some filmmakers, they can just like, you know, they just upload it to YouTube, but yours is like on a major streaming service. Like how does it feel to just see hit record on <laughs> stream now on Amazon Prime? It's honestly, uh, it's surreal, you know, because I, I, I'd been writing for a couple of years before, doing this movie I've been writing for like three and a half years and I kind of always thought oh well it's it's up to someone else you know some person who works in like an office building in Hollywood somewhere that's going to decide 
if I get to make a movie and how it turns out and like sort of my future. And this whole project was like, it was exciting because I really feel like I'm taking my life and my future into my own hands. And, and it's really from me, you know, I did, I did was, I was doing the writing, you know, I did the locations, I did the costumes. Like I really did. I had a hand in every single part of this movie. And I really feel like it's from, it's completely, you know, like, from me and like and it came out the way that I wanted and I think that was and I think that's definitely the most exciting part is you feel like you're like wow like I made something that's like a true representation of like the the kind of movies I want to see and sort of the experience that I've had in my life and and getting to put that out there on Amazon Prime I mean I think it's still weird I mean it's been out for a couple like three or four months now and I'm still like the idea that someone could just click on it and like know about me and my life and stuff is yeah is, it's so weird it's so weird but yeah. it's an exciting uh, weird feeling it's, it's, it's a great kind of weird weird in a good way it's like that huge sense of achievement and staple that you can leave on like your resume or just like self-worth and pride i mean that's such a huge honor you know yeah and and the feel that feeling of getting it to the finish line and because i think that was sort of at the end like once you've been editing for like a year two years you really start to feel like you start to get like so tired of it you're like oh my god is this even funny anymore like this i can't even tell you know and you're just like please somebody laugh you know or i'm gonna just cry and Aww. then and then you put it out there and it happens and you're like oh wow like oh i'm i'm glad i had faith in myself and i'm glad i like finished it and i'm glad that it's up there now and and we'll just see what kind of like life it has you know i, I i'm trying i'm moving on to other projects now but it's i always think about it it's like i don't know it's like sending a movie out into the world is like how i kind of imagine like sending a kid off to college you're like i yeah. think i did a good job good luck you know <laughs> uh, yeah 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 so what was your favorite scene to shoot i mean one of my favorite scenes was like i mentioned earlier the best buy scene and i love the music video scene like the whole aspect of that coming together and uh what's his face toby yeah. in it <laughs> so poor toby <laughs> <laughs> I love I mean Toby's I mean his name is Michael Schwartz and he's one of my best friends and he was so great about doing all of that and like literally going on top of a car a moving car you know I was like I was like are you sure and he's like yeah it's fine I'm like oh my god oh my god like um but he was great uh he's so down for anything um I think well doing the music video I would say was a a major highlight for me because it was one of the only parts of the movie that we really planned out in yeah. terms of okay like we want all these shots and we want all these locations and we're going to do a wide shot and we're going to do like a close-up you know and, and this is where the dance sequences you know it's kind of like I would say that was definitely like the most time and effort we put into any, any part of the movie was the music video and I think that and it was really cool to see all of it come together. I was like, because I remember even when we were filming it, like I, you can see like in the camera, you're like, oh my God, that's going to be such a cool shot, you know? And and I felt really excited about that. But I think in terms of the most fun, I would say it was definitely the rap auditions. Um, oh because, yeah, we got to see you act too. Yeah, <laughs> it was my first time ever acting. And, and, um, and I wasn't even, we had someone lined up and then the day before they dropped out and it was kind of just like, there wasn't even a question. It was just like, Ethan, you, you got to do it. And I was like, <laughs> here we go. Like, but once, and I was so terrified. And then once I started doing it, I had so much fun. Like I probably went for like an hour, you know, just doing take after take because I was just like in heaven. And I realized I was like, oh my God, acting is so much fun, especially acting like as like a big character, you know, who's like kind of crazy. Like it's so cathartic. And I, I had so much fun that day. And it was fun because Suge, stepped behind the camera and she was directing me and you know at that point we had been filming for like two weeks and I'd been directing her and it was kind of cool to be on the other side of it it gave me a lot of uh empathy for actors and like you know how tricky it is and but it also kind of made me want to become one so <laughs> kind of a back in you know kind of a you know double-edged sword um so it was that was that was such a fun day and just yeah, I really I loved it. And getting to see the other rappers come and like 
we we know we messed up so many takes just because we were laughing because we we're like this movie's so ridiculous and we were filming in this building that we were not given permission into so we thought oh my god someone's gonna walk in at some moment and then see all of us and be like what the actual you know is going on and i was like and i'm just like at any moment i'm prepared to be like hi i'm the director nice to meet you you know <laughs> but like at the same doing this character that's like off the wall um so that was a, that was a, just like a totally fun day and i i had so much fun doing that yeah well, that's awesome though mac what do you else got it <laughs> just be like what are all these kids doing here rapping it's inconceivable <laughs> Like We're, yeah, it's not it's not the first time that you know I think someone's had like a sort of like a wrap off in Choctaw, but I think not at, not at the community center. It was definitely a first for them. But yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I have the um, one of the things I want to ask is that um, was there any plans when you were um, making this film to maybe make it like a musical? Like, because I feel like there are hints of like, man, you just want to break out in song. It's kind of like a musical you had any like plans for that you know i um i definitely had thought you know we had thought about having suge's character have like sing little bits and pieces you know like she would kind of just make up songs on the spot um (laughs) and just sing this and that here and there and um to kind of do it that way but i think ultimately i wanted there to be a real separation between the the movie and the music because i i wanted it to be like like you can see shook's going through these like really high ups and downs and i thought it would be kind of the some of the comedy would come from the fact that she's having this like really emotional real experience and she's singing about like better be a baller you know like <laughs> make it on your back too. and like i was like Something about just the like the juxtaposition of that like made me laugh, and I was like, okay, like I think it'll be funnier if the music kind of almost doesn't match what is she's going on like with her emotionally. And there are parts where it does, you know, like when she sings at the bar and stuff. But but I thought it would yeah. be funnier just in general. If it was like the the connection was so just like far apart, and um and I and I thought you know. I, at some someday, I really I would love to make a real musical with um, Shug. You know, one of my all time favorite favorite movies is Grease, and okay. I you know someday like twenty years from now, hopefully I'll get to make a movie like that or like La La Land. Yes, <laughs> I love La La Land too. I love it. Yes, that's like my literal life is La La Land. So, <laughs> what other craziness happened on set? How did you? What was the wildest thing that you guys came up with on set that was totally last minute to film? Um, well, the okay, so when we were doing the music video, we filmed the music video pretty much almost last. I think it was there was like two days of filming after it, but it was pretty much the last thing we did. And we had barely written anything. We really just had like, um, a couple lines of action and like a in sort of a character for the director to play and we were like oh my god we're really gonna have to like come up with something and i remember we were shopping at walmart to get some like clothes like the day before and we found this panda bear head and i love that panda bear head which is great <laughs> <laughs> and we bought it and we weren't even sure like what we were going to use for use it for we were just like it was like 25 bucks like it was so cheap and i was like okay we just have to get this and then it was like the day the day after we were shooting the music video and we we're like what should be like the conflict between her and this director because we kind of had we had just wrote and written down like artistic differences in the script and we we're like okay well how do we like bring that to light and then literally like Shug looks over and like points to the panda head and she's like, I have to, he has to have me wear that. And I was like, <laughs> done. Like it was so simple after that. It was like, okay, obviously that was it. Um, crazy things that happened on set. Um, the set was so small. I mean, it was really just me and like, you know, Toby and Dawn and Shug. Um, it was pretty chill. I think. Oh man, I really have to think. Um, we were a little bit nervous about filming at the church, I'll say, um, but it went so smoothly. I mean, everyone was just so accommodating. And I think that was one of the things I was not prepared for. I thought people were gonna be more like 
excuse me, like, you are not doing that here. Like, I thought you said you were going to do this kind of movie. Like, because we had told a lot of people in Choctaw that we, we didn't tell them we were shooting a mockumentary. We told them we were shooting a drama about a girl who wants to be a singer. Oh, okay. <laughs> just to, like, explain some of the, like, weirder things. So I was like, it's a drama, you know? And, um, and, but they were, they just really didn't question it. They were just kind of, like, went along with it. They're like, okay, cool, you know, whatever you need to do. Was the reaction with the Best Buy reel? Because I feel like that would have been nuts. I was saying to myself, I was sitting there, and I'm saying to myself, oh, my gosh, is this real? Is this actually happening? Like, the manager that comes up to Suge, I was like, wait, this this has got to be real. There's, there's this has to be some form of, like, a jackass or, like, you know, something kind of vibe that's going on here. It's, like, almost feels yeah. like prank that was completely real um still never (laughs) I still hope I'm like I hope he doesn't watch it um (laughs) uh because that was completely real we just went into Best Buy and we were like let's just start like just have you start singing Bala and just see what happens and I'm so busy trying to get all the reaction shots of people that I'm not really like focusing on her and we did a take and a half of her singing it before he comes over and, you know, and then he's like, but you know what? He was actually, he was like, you know, you can't perform here, but like I can give you a number of someone and they might be able to give you permission. He was actually very nice about it. And um, we had to cut, I feel bad because we cut that part out, but but he was like, but he was like, you have to leave. Um, You know, (laughs) we can't have you just sing here and, and it was so hard because we all wanted to laugh, but we were all like trying to, you know, play it really serious. And we're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah. Um, and we go outside, and and then none of the Best Buy employees came and checked on us. Um, you know, they <laughs> just said you have to perform like 20 feet from the entrance, and then they never came and like looked. But a lot of people that were driving by would like stop and wave, and you know, they thought it was like they. I think they maybe thought because of her outfit that she was like some kind of like prostitute or something (laughs) but uh we had a lot of people like stopping and waving that day but then they would see me filming and I think they thought okay well this is I don't know someone someone actually did come up and they thought we were doing a Best Buy commercial which I thought was hilarious that they thought that Best Buy's like budget for a commercial would be like this random girl singing a rap song outside of Best Buy (laughs) and like having one guy film her like from across the parking lot like I was I got I laughed at that one yeah but um yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll think about I'll think if anything crazy comes to mind that happened. But we did film at, a, at an abandoned school, and I did notice that for the music video. I was right? a little scared about that because my friend said that there's sometimes people there, and we're just like walking through with like our camera equipment and like you know just like hello, anybody here? Okay, let's do this really quick. <laughs> um, so. But it was cool. There was no one there. I mean, we we, I think a couple of people drove by, but no one, no one came in and like joined the party. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Imagine anything. just walking somebody, which is walking through your take. <laughs> some like, like a homeless man in the background while Shug is pointing at the chalkboard or something. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Mag, what did you want to say? <laughs> Um, I was going to say, uh, who are your, uh, what films or filmmakers are, because I know you mentioned uh, the 280s films before, um, what are some film. of your, or 90s films, who are like some filmmakers or what are films that like have inspired you to fall in love with, you know, film because, you know, we all have that film or filmmakers that made us appreciate our cinema. Um, I mean, obviously one of my all time favorite movies is Mean Girls. I love it. I've probably seen it like 100, 200 times. And um, it never fails to make me laugh. And I think it um, and I think it, it really combines all different types of humor, physical humor, satire, like kind of blends them all together so perfectly. You know, so that's that's, of course, like always a touchstone. Probably my favorite movie of all time. It's actually by uh, Rob Reiner. He directed a movie called Stand By Me from the 80s. Yeah. I love that one. Um, you know, because I think I think both of those movies are about growing up. So any movie about just sort of how hard it is to grow up and how like confusing and painful that can be, 
really, you know, touches my heart. And and I really, you know, any movie or any director that I think can do that, I want to follow in their footsteps. I mean, I think Curtis Hansen, you know, Rest in Peace, is someone that mm-hmm. has done a lot of work over different genres, like, you know, thriller, um, comedy, drama. And I think he's done a really good job in all of them. So, and I would love to experiment with other genres as well. So he's definitely someone that I really admire. I mean, you know, David Fincher, come on. Oh, he's like, a legend. Legend, legend. Like to me, it's like, I am a boy with a camcorder. Like he is like a legend, you know, like I would not even like, that's so, That's one of the things where it's like, when you're calling yourself a director and I'm like, I'm not a director. I'm just someone who's like fooling around. Like that's a director because they- yeah really killing it and so of course I I look up to those people and those movies are great because you know you can just study them I've probably seen Fight Club like 10 times I got to see it in theaters like right before the pandemic and it was just just as amazing like the like eighth time that I'd seen it I was like it just gives you this like rush of adrenaline and I feel like that's the power of movies like movies are this incredible you know, power, this, it's like the most powerful medium, I think. And, you know, to be able to be a part of it in any way, really, it would be like, you know, such an honor. And so hopefully, yeah, I'll get to work and learn from those people. I can honestly see where you come from with the Stand By, by Me uh, similarity, because I can also see it in the film as well, because yeah, Sugar, you know, tried, trying to find herself and trying to find her voice in this film. And, you know, make it for herself and trying to grow up in a dream she wants to achieve. So I can easily see that where you could draw some inspiration from that. So this isn't your first though, like full film, your first film, I looked did some research and you directed a documentary called uh, my true gender. So what was it like from going from a documentary into a mockumentary? Oh my God, I thought it was going to be the easiest transition because I was like doing the documentary. I filmed this woman named Jessica Lynn. She's a transgender activist. And I'd filmed her for probably like three to four months. And I would just kind of follow her around and ask her a question when I felt like it. And I kind of thought, oh, well, doing a mockumentary will be pretty much the same. Not realizing that doing a mockumentary is not at all the same because you're you're just trying to instead of following reality and just trying to capture reality, you're actually trying to create reality. Right. And and that was, I think, the, the biggest, like, oh, wow, this is not the same, like, probably, like, day two of filming, where I was like, okay, Ethan, like, you know, <laughs> every little thing you have to, like, look out for. And um, it was, it, I would say it was, oh, my God, way harder. And, and I think keeping, you know, the hardest part of directing is just communicating with the actors and making sure they understand like exactly how they're supposed to feel in the scene you know because everyone came in like knowing their lines or knowing sort of like how to improv really well but it was like well in this scene you know like you know you're anxious but you're also excited you know and and so you're and trying to sort of um communicate these sort of i would say a little bit more like vague emotions because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of times in the movie where Suge is disappointed or where Dawn is nervous you know so it was about like playing that at different levels you know and that was I think it was just it was just hard because I hadn't really ever directed before um, except for a couple short films which were like much more over the top so directing something in a subtle way is it's a, you know, you really have to be watching closely. And I was like, okay, this is this is a little harder. Now yeah. is, because I was going to watch My True Gender. Is that available on Amazon Prime? I meant to ask you. Oh, it's actually it's on um, YouTube. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, it was, that was, I would say it was, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of it. You know, I made it when I was 21. So it's a little bit, um, you know, very rough. I think if it's it's even rougher than <laughs> Hit Record is in terms of like the camera quality and like the way that it's made and everything. But but I think Jessica has an incredibly powerful story and and I followed her around for so long and it and it never failed to move me. And mm-hmm. so you know, I, she's someone that I really look up to just in life. And um, yeah, 
So definitely worth watching. I just have a few other questions and revolving around, I guess, what I have to be more about the film. How did Shook Fathers come into play with all this? Was that uh, your own father or somebody else that you wanted to cast? And why did you want Shook to come from a very Catholic background and her transitioning? Because Cicely, when I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, she reminds me of the Katy Perry aspirations where she came from a very Catholic family and going straight into this pop genre, you know, where her father yeah. doesn't approve. That's a very astute observation. Yeah, I think both Katy Perry um, and Jessica Simpson, they both came from having pastor fathers or like were very involved in their church. And I think it's interesting because so many singers come from you know, a church background and then kind of move into pop music, which usually is really, a lot of times it's like very, you know, hypersexual or like just kind of explicit in any way. And, and I thought I was like, okay, well, that seems like to me, like the most area of conflict, you know, I can't imagine what it would be like to be a fly on the wall in like Katy Perry's house when she's telling her parents, you know, I'm going to make this song about called they kissed a girl, you know, but it's no big deal, you know, like just sort of like the, the comedy of that of sort of someone sort of someone sort of being like, okay, well, I know I was like this and, and I still am, you know, I still like believe in God and everything, but hear me out, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I thought there was definitely some like, um, juicy comedic material there. And then I think also, I mean, we, in terms of uh, the father character being like my dad, there are some huge similarities because I think, you know, my dad always expected for me and Shug to go, you know, work and to do other kinds of things. I mean, um, you know, focus on a job that was like maybe a little bit more academic or something like more that he was, you know, his dad was an engineer, my dad's a doctor, you know, and so they think they're very like, into the idea of like, we'll go to as much school as you can. And that's the answer, you know? And, yeah. and I think my feeling is like, oh, well, like I'm an artist, you know, and I have this like, um, just this passion to want to do something that's like a little more off the, you know, beaten path. And I know it's going to be hard, but I still want to do it. And, and it takes parents a long time to come around to that. You know, if, if I had just, I mean, I, I'd been making shorts for, years so they knew that I had an interest in film but you know so they were pretty warmed up to the idea when I said I'm going to be a filmmaker and I'm especially when I said I'm going to make this movie you know it was kind <laughs> of like saying I'm going to be a pop star because it's it's a very like lofty goal you know that you don't know if you're going to be able to actually like finish it or achieve it or what's going to happen after and um and I think my parents were like sure go for it you know like I, I think they were kind of like let's just see how this shakes out. And, and I think, you know, so obviously we made the dad a little bit more controlling and, um, you know, uh, the way that he is, but I think it's a struggle. All people have with their parents is their parents kind of have this vision for who they are and what they're going to be like. And, you know, we have to, it's, that's, I feel like when you really grow up is when you say, Hey, I'm going to do this different thing. And, and I know you don't understand it. You may not understand it, but, I think it's what's best for me. And so I think it's in that way, I really see it as like a coming of age movie for Shug. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So did you guys, did you cast the father for uh, Shug or was that your own father? That's what I also wanted to know. <laughs> no, that's, that's not my dad. Um, <laughs> my dad, I, I wouldn't trust him to act for a second, but uh, he, his name is Paul and he, I put out, you know, I didn't even have like an official casting thing when I was in Oklahoma. I just put out an ad on Craigslist and I said, I'm looking for actors of all ages and, you know, um, just please reach out if you have any interest in being part of like a low budget independent film. And he reached out. Um, I sent him the, an unfinished version of the script. He said he liked it and that he was down. And I think that at that point I was like, oh my God, I was so nervous that sending him the script would be like a no-go, but he was like, I've, he had a little experience in the music business. I think he said he'd acted in a, in a couple things before then. And he was like, I'm, I'm ready. Like, just tell me where and when to be. And I was like, yes. And that was a huge win for us because a lot of people were kind of like more shifty and, and we didn't really send the script out script out to many people because we wanted to keep it sort of like under lock and key so we would just send them like 
a two-page PDF of their scene, and they wouldn't mm-hmm. really know what came before or after. And he, we sent him the whole script, and he was still on board, so that was a good sign. That's awesome. So how long did it take you guys to, like, put the whole script together? I know, I think you mentioned it from, like, January to June from, or July, I believe, from what you mentioned. How long was the original script, and what did you have to cut out in order to make the film? Like, what was one scene that you wanted to include in the film but could not? Mm, I think that there was... uh, the, The original script was probably, like, 52 pages maybe 53 and the last three pages of it were just like this happens and then this happens and this you know it was like we didn't really have because the whole music video sequence none of that is scripted um it was all uh improv or just like directed improv and so not weren't working off a ton of pages but i think i had written like a lot of like little interview nuggets i thought were funny like just sort of like oh we have uh, the the producer at the studio. We we have a we have a funny interview with him, you know. But it was like I, I think it was just sort of we were trying to get to the point of like her singing, you know. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't want to like you know, you know, you know. One thing you realize is you have to keep the pace up or like do a, a, enough of a job to keep the pace somewhat up. And and all these interviews were starting to kind of like drag it a little bit. Um, we wanted, you know, we always had a fantasy. We we never like filmed it but we wanted to do a scene after the music video where toby uh dawn and suge all just got wasted and then (laughs) (laughs) we we didn't end up filming it because we were we were so tired at the end and i think we all just wanted to do that and not film it and that was kind of what happened in reality but you know looking back we're all like oh we should have filmed that night of like finally finishing because it would have been like epic but then but then it also could have made it a little weird maybe because it's like you're trying to celebrate finishing a movie, but you're still filming it. So, um, but uh, I think there was that. And yeah, what, what was the other question? Just, uh, you actually answered both of them. So, oh. <laughs> so you're good. <laughs> Perfect. So, oh, so I, I do have a question. I just thought about it now. I remember it. Um, do you plan on taking maybe, I know you said you're moving on to other projects, but is there anything like maybe in the back of your mind that you maybe want to take hit record to like the independent circuit, see what it can get some traction in like maybe some independent film festivals? Yeah, well, we actually did just get into our first film festival last month. Um, the lonely, yay, my first ever film festival I've been in, uh, the lonely wolf film festival in the UK. Um, it was virtual, so who knows, you know, how many people got to watch the movie, but I'm um, just the fact that it was accepted and that was a huge, that was a huge boost to my ego, I'll say. Yeah. Um, and, and we're waiting to hear back from a few, like two more and, um, and we'll kind of see from there, but you know what? I'm, I, I kind of have this theory that it's kind of more cool if people just, if it's kind of just like a word of mouth, like underground thing, you know? <laughs> Um, like, because cause I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm just, yeah, like, just sort of someone's like, I saw this weird movie. I need you to watch it just because I need to, someone to talk with it about, you know, or something. Like, I kind of just imagine it would be more like that than someone being like, this movie won an award and that's why it's good. You know, like, I never, I never, mm-hmm. we actually never really planned on doing festivals, but I had Suge kind of talk to me into, she was like, let's just apply to a few and just see what happens, you know? So, so I'm like, okay, I'll, I, I did a few applications. It's like 200 bucks. So, um, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I'm more expecting it to just be like friends in Oklahoma telling friends and then they tell friends, you know, kind of that way. You never know what you could expect to see at a film festival. So I'm sure, um, submitting it was the best decision because you don't know who could turn it up and actually, you know, say, you got to go check this movie out. You yeah, never know true. It. true, true. So yeah. my last question for you is what do you have planned uh, next for, you know, you and do you have any more projects in the work with your sister? Oh my goodness. So many more projects in the works. She, Suge actually wrote this really great script. It's like comedy. It's a coming of age comedy about a girl who travels to Europe. And, you know, it's, it would be obviously much more budget, you know, cause going to Europe, uh, but that is really funny. And we're working on one right now. That's kind of like a comedy drama. I can't say anything more about it. 
Um, but you know, we're always working on stuff. I, I wrote this um, movie about my experience of growing up and being a high schooler in Oklahoma and like the ups and downs of that. And um, and I would love to make that in Oklahoma someday. I think that would be probably my biggest dream is to do another movie in Oklahoma that even more so shares like my direct experience and the highs and lows of that and getting to show even more of Oklahoma because, you know, there are different parts to it beyond Choctaw. And, um, and I think it's a beautiful place. And I just think that, yeah, like there's more, there's so many little pockets in America that don't really, that people just don't really know much about. I mean, I don't know that much about, you know, most movies are in New York or LA. So, you know, you just kind of, you don't think too much. Yeah. But yeah, yeah always, always working on tons of stuff. Yeah. But that's great. So I'm going to just wrap it up from here and say congratulations. You worked yeah, everyone on the crew. The small crew that you had was fantastic from beginning to end. I really enjoyed it. Guys, go check out Hit Record, available on Amazon Prime. Thank you so much, Ethan. All right, Mac, let's wrap this up. Anything else? Uh, where can they find uh, folks that are listening on the good old YouTube sphere? Where can they find you, Ethan? They can find me on Instagram and on YouTube. I have a YouTube channel that I make videos on. So just look oh, up Ethan okay. Yeah. What do you do on your YouTube? Do you do, like, what do you do? So, because... Um, well, I thought about doing a movie review thing, but there are so many people that do that, and I'm not as eloquent. I would just be like, I love this movie. Um, so <laughs> I have... I've started making videos about sort of um, environmental issues and things that are passion that I'm really passionate about, and they're really short and sometimes funny. So if you want to check them out, there just look up Ethan Spotanic. Okay, well we'll look it up and we'll subscribe to your channel then. So guys, right. go check Ethan out. That's it from us. Mac, take us home. Yep. So links will be in the description for everyone's social media. We want to thank Ethan for joining us. It was a pleasure to have you here. It was awesome. Very good guest, man. Just thank you, and congratulations on the film, and we wish you luck on all your future projects and everything. And please come back. Yes, come back. You're always welcome. When to you come have back. a new project, a new film, please come back. Even if you want to review a film. Oh, I would <laughs> love to do that sometime. Okay. Yeah, so, alrighties. But, um, that's for, been it, for then. Now. Yep, I've been Mac, and this has been Christian, and this has been Ethan, and we'll see you all on the next episode. Later. Later.